Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast, episode 47 of Hey World, with me, Ross Livermore, your host. Um, I guess this is the second installment of the second season, the unofficial second season of the podcast, um, just because I took a little seven-month hiatus there, but I'm back, baby. And you hear that? That is the sound of an ice-cold polar seltzer, cranberry lime. Hopefully they're a sponsor at some point. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna tweet at them. I think just be like, be a sponsor of my podcast. And I don't even need money. I just want to get free Polar Seltzer. But for anyone in Nashville who's listening to this podcast at this point, um, a little a little pro tip on the Polar Seltzer at Publix, at least the one on Charlotte over here. Every Friday, it's buy one get one twelve packs of Polar Seltzer. Um, so if you're trying to get something that isn't LaCroix or a Bouboule or whatever, uh, something a little more crisp, a little more flavorful, uh, shoot over to the Publix. But maybe Publix will be a sponsor too. <laughs> I'm just going to start pandering to all these companies so they can sponsor the podcast. Anyway, a um, couple shows that I have coming up for anyone who's on the North Shore. December 12th, Paul, Phil, and myself, we're getting back together um, one night only. We can only do one night this year um, at Opus in Salem, Massachusetts. The pre-sale for that show is actually almost sold out. Um, I think they capped the pre-sale at like 65 and then the other like 80-ish tickets will just be on sale at the door. So if you haven't got your tickets yet and you want to guarantee yourself a spot for that show, um, you can find tickets on rosslivermore.com or any of the social media. There's links in the bio. Also, December 14th, I'll be at uh, True Music Room with the band. Nellen Dryden, her band's playing. Michael Kite just got added to the show and his band, so it should be a triple threat. We're also going to do a jam at the end and probably attach some sort of charity for the holiday season for that. So again, that's December 12th in Salem, Massachusetts at Opus, and December 14th at True Music Room in nashville tennessee i also just booked whiskey jam for those of you who are in nashville that's monday december 16th um i don't know that i think i played this this will be my third time playing whiskey jam i'm super pumped it's a three song power set um so if you're looking to party on a monday night december 16th uh me and the band will be at whiskey jam other than that check out the hey world playlist on spotify i just added my new single Always the gentleman, always the fool to the top of that. RossLivermore.com for all of the dates. And um, I believe that is it for now. So here we go. This is episode 47 of the Hey World podcast. Let's do it. All right, and we're back for another riveting episode of the Hey World podcast with me, your host, Ross Walter Livermore. Um, welcome back. Uh, it's good to be doing this again. It's good to be on my second episode back. I'm glad, glad to be alive. I just, I want to give a shout out to Trevor Larkin. I just played nine holes with him and he hit what I think is probably the greatest golf shot I've ever seen in my life, in person, he uh, he had a sand wedge called the Snake Eyes sand wedge, about 100 yards from the hole, 
chipped it, perfect shot, drained it from a hundred yards out. Incredible shot. I think I think I might actually make a case to change his uh, his nickname from the Bone Saw to Snake Eyes Larkin after that epic shot. I can't believe he actually hit that. It was crazy. Um, golf. It's what keeps you coming back, you know, these shots. Anyway, um, great game of golf. Great game of golf today. Shot of a lifetime to Trevor Snake Eyes, formerly Bonesaw Larkin. Um, but yeah, here I am back with the podcast again. Um, I'm really excited. Thank you to everyone who uh, shared Always the Gentleman, Always the Fool on Spotify, on YouTube, um, Apple Music. Thanks. Please continue to share the song. Thank you for all the kind words. Um, me and all the guys are super excited with the release and really happy with the final product. Um, so I can't say enough about the team that worked on the song and all the songs that we're about to release coming into 2020. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic with the work that we did and the work that we're continuing to do. So, so thank you, um, for that. Um, one thing I wanted to do on this podcast too, I actually was talking to my good friend, Andrew Bayardi about the song and I was going through my old, my old notes and my old sound memos. And I actually found the initial recording, um, from when I thought of the idea of always the gentleman, if you can hear this in the background, Tina is just going to town on her feet right now. Um, anyway, so yeah, basically this song was a song that I, you know, I, I thought of the idea cause I was, I went to the library, actually got this book, which I can't remember the author, the name of the book. I didn't even, I didn't even finish the book. I probably got like 50 pages in. And it was basically, it was a story about a landlord who was an ex-musician, kind of jaded, took over the family house and was renting out the apartments. It was a three family. And he was renting out the house to an Indian family um, on the first floor. And he was helping the mother move in, um, move into the apartment. And he, I think, said something that offended her. I don't remember, really remember what it was. And he, as he was carrying a box, he was like, oh, always the gentleman, always the fool. Am I right? And I just thought that was a great title for a song. So I just put it in the bank. I put it in the old mental bank, wrote it down. And um, I think within a couple days, I, I was driving and just was thinking about that idea and just started singing in my car and and started recording it on the voice memo. So I have like a five minute voice memo of the initial like inspiration of the song and that always the gentleman hook and some of the initial like um, verse ideas. So that was that was really where that song started was from reading this book, which I can't remember. I actually looked into my um, into my history on the on the Nashville Public Library database and. I didn't have it set up at the time, so I can't even remember. I was looking up that quote online, books about former musicians turned landlords. It was basically like a story kind of like kind of like the Big Lebowski. He was a dude type character. Um, he was just a, he was just a disgruntled landlord. Um, unlike the landlord in the Big Lebowski who was performing the dance quintet. <laughs> um Anyway, so I had this idea. It was I, I honestly felt like it was one of my better ideas. And one of the things I've learned here in Nashville, and this might sound like a dickhead thing to say, but it's totally true, is like, I don't know, I try to delegate the good ideas and the bad ideas and who I'm going to bring 
you know, if you're doing a first time right, I try not, I try to like keep the really good ideas that I think are actually good to, to people who I know that I can write well with. Sometimes you get into a co-write and you bring a really good idea or what you think is a good idea. And it ends up being a worse song. Um, just because, you know, like maybe the person doesn't get the vision or they're not in the same headspace or they're maybe not really a songwriter or whatever, whatever reason. It's just kind of, um, you just never really know what you're getting yourself into. So when you have an idea that you think is actually really good, I try to save those for, for writers, um, that I think will do the idea justice. So anyway, this song, I ended up having a co-write set up with my friend, John Fox, who I actually met John. He was working at Sony at the time. And when I would, when I moved here, when I was looking at apartments, I met him because he was mutual friends with a producer named Dave Brainerd. And Dave Brainerd was producing my friend, Jamie Kent's record, who weird twist of fate, Jamie Kent, my roommate, Dan, who has actually been on the podcast. He's only the second guest that's been on the podcast was recording that record. Anyway, John was friends with Dave. I met John and Dave. We had some drinks the week I was looking at apartments and kept in touch with John. Rest is history. So we got together, wrote the song with him, and he introduced me to his friend, J.C. Anderson. So when we wrote that, that was actually the first time I actually met J.C. Um, so we were at Indo, which is a place here. It's like a co-workspace, joint workspace. They had some writer's rooms and all this stuff. John and Kate Richardson's place they're they're great friends of mine and they're kind of like my nashville parents um so we were writing there got together and i had this idea and i brought it to this right and this was i i hadn't written with either of these guys but i don't know i just kind of they were like what do you have for ideas and i showed them a couple of my like you know turd ideas and no, nothing was really resonating and i was like well i do have this idea for a song called always the gentleman always the fool and it's kind of, I, I kind of have the form in my head and it's kind of, it's about this down and out guy who is frustrated with the dating world because he keeps getting turned down because he's, he's just a nice guy and it doesn't feel like, um, girls are really into that. You know, it's, it's always that, you know, they're looking for the badass. Um, and this, this guy who in a ways there's, there's a lot of truth to the character because I feel like that has been me in the past. Um, is frustrated, you know, with his dating world and his luck with females. So that was kind of the basis for the song. And we ended up, we wrote it all in one day and felt great about the song. Um, so that was, that was one of the songs that I pitched to the guys for our recording session. And, you know, it, it's funny, you listen to the initial demo, which actually, if I can find the demo, I might, I might only have that, the first work tape or the first inspiration work tape or whatever. Um, but if I have the demo, I'll also put it on this podcast too. I'll have to find that. Um, but the, the demo the or the work tape that I did with JC and John, the day we wrote it, the song is super country. It's really, really country. And in my head, I always had this, the vision for the song being a little more of a groove based song. Um, so that was, you know, I sent them the, the demo or I sent him the work tape and then I made a demo and the guys were like, we really like the song. It's kind of country. And I was like, that's, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Let's make it more of a, like it's, it's almost shout out to Joey Seccaroli. Joey is one of our producers who actually, they, this is a whole nother podcast, but they just stayed at our house, Raina Kindo. Um, 
I remember talking to Joey about some stuff that I was doing and, and one of his pieces of advice, he's like, you should really make Bill Withers your spirit animal. <laughs> um, so I feel like this was the song that we kind of did that with, you know, it's this like bridge between like acoustic music meets groove and, and funk and soul. Um, so we, we, I feel like with this particular song, we kind of bridged that gap. Um, and I'm really proud of it. So we actually got together at the studio as we've always done and arranged most of these songs the day or two before we actually recorded them. And this, you know, that's, a scary process because you're like, I hope we create an arrangement that resonates um, and we do the song justice. But this song, um, I couldn't be more proud of the work that we did. And we actually, when we recorded the song, we felt really good. We had the mixes and we were not like, we didn't, we like the mixes, but we wanted to try to get a little bit more out of them. So we had sent them to our longtime friend of the band, Danielle Warman, who is in New York. And she uh, just brought these songs to life. So Gentleman is the first one that you're going to be able to hear from that session. But she, the next song we're going to release in March is called Reggie. And she did the mixes for Reggie and Gentleman. And those are the first two songs that were like, okay, they're done. They're ready to be in the world now. Um, but yeah, I mean, just working, we, we recorded everything, like I said, at Pentaveret, which is here in Berry Hill in Nashville, and Bobby Holland runs that studio, incredible producer, incredible engineer, obviously the guys in the band, Paul, Phil, um, family, Jules Belmont, incredible guitarist, Caleb Hooper, legend, um, just everyone else involved, Sean Sheets, who, uh, did all the video. I'm actually going to do a bonus episode of the podcast out Friday with him. So we can talk about the actual making of the video. Cause I had this concept. I, I feel like lyrically, this was one of the better songs that I had on the collection that we did at Pentaveret. So I wanted to do a lyric video, but I always thought that like, you know, I didn't, I didn't really want to pay someone to just like make lyrics and put them on a screen. It's just kind of like, I don't know, they, they can be cool. Like lyric videos can be really cool or they can be super cheesy. Um, very like current YouTube, just, just background. It's like you're just streaming the song basically through YouTube and not another streaming service and you have the lyrics. Um, so I thought it would just be funny to have all these, you know, soon to be these brides to be and all these single girls holding lyrics about how they uh, typically tend to choose you know, the bad guy, the the douche over the nice guy in the dating world. Um, I just thought the irony was really funny to me. So we figured we'd make that video and it was, we'll get it. Well, I'll get more into the video with the podcast with Sean that's out on Friday, but I don't know. I think a lot of things came together with this particular song that made it a super, I don't know, just like, like a real fun first release for this project, you know, in this uh, collection. It just it seemed like the obvious first one out of the gate because the video idea was one the most affordable to make and the strongest idea. Um, two, the song was just I don't know it 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 felt like the production was really good. It felt um, the most like the band was playing was playing in the studio. And I think some of the other songs intentionally were trying to track a little bit more. Um, 
which I think is a really good step forward for me and for us as a group. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm super pumped about this song. I'm really, really excited. And I mean, the feedback's been great. So thank you to everyone who's listened, everyone who has shared it. Um, it really means a lot to us. I think another reason why I wanted to release this one first too, was because um, it felt the best out of the gate playing it live out of all the songs. A lot of times, like if you're recording a song, you have to, you know, you, you, you make the track, you make the song in the studio, and then you have to have the rehearsals after the fact to like, almost like learn your own song to play it live. This one, right when we made the arrangement after that, it just, it always felt good playing it live, no matter who was in the band. Um, so I think that's a really good sign uh, for songwriting for a good, for a good song. And, and that, that was one of the reasons why I think this was a, a great one to kind of, you know, shoot right out of the gate with, um, to end 2019. This has been a really good, it's been a really good year. So I think ending the year with a release of a song like this was, was a really positive thing for me and the band. So I'm, I'm, I'm super excited about it. Um, yeah, I think that's all I have to say about the always the gentleman release. So I guess keep sharing it. Keep, Keep letting your friends know. I can't wait to play it live back in Salem on the North Shore. Um, but yeah, man. Oh, the, I, it's funny because like this, this, the doing something artistic as a career is just can be such a bitch sometimes. Because <laughs> like you know you have this successful release with a song that you really love, and then like it feels like all the gigs that I've done over the past week have just been like what what am I doing with my life? Like we had a, I love playing at old red, but we just had one on Sunday. That was, it was like, I was just dying a slow death up there. You know, sometimes with that Broadway crew, you can just like the, the crowd, you just can't get them, you know? And you're like, we have a wide mix of cover songs that we can, we can throw in there. And we play always the gentleman. We play the video behind it. So it's something that like keeps everyone's attention when we introduce that we're playing an actual original song and we get a lot of followers and, and, and people on social media after we play there, because it's, you know, it's Blake Shelton's bar, so everyone's just like, oh my god, this is like AAA for music, you know? It's like the AAA baseball club, and everyone's like, if you're playing here, you must be able, you're going to make it soon, and it's like, uh, maybe, I hope so. <laughs> I, I, I hope, I hope that we can just keep playing, um, but yeah, the one on Sunday, it was just, you know, it's, we just, it, you couldn't get the crowd, and you get the guys in the back that are like, play Hank! Play Hank Jr. Play some Scannard. And you're just like, God damn it. Like, all right, all right. Throw some money in the tip bucket and we'll play all the Scannard you want. <laughs> oh, just something. And then then I had a, I actually had a private gig at Acme, which is right downtown too. And that, I use a Bose PA system. And Jed from Bose is incredible. Um, always lends PAs whenever you need them. And for some reason, so the Bose systems, they, instead of using regular like power cables, they use Ethernet cables, which is kind of weird thing. Um, and I had the PA set up wrong. So I'm, start, I'm playing during this corporate event and the, the mixing board just shit the bed, just stopped working. So I'm like on the phone with Jed, the rep from Bose, trying to figure out how I have the PA set up wrong. And the event planners are like standing over my shoulder, like, are you okay? What's going on? Why is there no music? And I'm just like, I'm figuring it out. I don't know. Luckily, Jed is incredible and we figured out the problem. And I, 
I worked it. I, I got the PA working and it, it was fine, but it's, it's those. And then you're playing alone for three hours and no one's paying attention. You're just like, what am I doing with my life? Um, but, uh, just some, the ups and downs. And I'm always thankful for all these gigs and, and, and everything worked out. It was always, it always, it, it always ends up fine, but sometimes you're just like, okay, you know, where's the, where's the sold out Opus shows and where's the, you know, where's the good crowd? Where's the full room of people dancing to the songs? Um, but the last time we played at Old Red, we filmed a couple videos with Sean and his brother. And that was one of those shows that kind of like carries you through the month. You're just like, fuck yeah, band's killing it. It was just, you know, it's, it's, it's funny how playing at the same exact place one night can be incredible and one night can be completely garbage. <laughs> And it's just, it's, it's just hap- it just happens, but you have to be a pro. Just keep playing and not let the audience know that you're dying a slow death up there <laughs> and just, you know, just move on. Just, just use it for what it was and, and figure out how you can be better next time and, and, and do it, I guess. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a hard thing. It's a hard nut to crack. Um, yeah, it's 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 a weird thing, but I mean, I'm thankful for the gigs. Like December is going to be December is actually my busiest month for playing, which I'm really excited about. I'm really actually excited. I have the week off for Thanksgiving, and I'm I am pumped because take a little bit of time, figure out the van situation. I'm buying a van, which is exciting. Getting the band on the road, 2020. It's going to be a big year. I'm really uh, starting to plan the next year, and I'm, re- I'm really excited. That's why I wanted to get this first song out at the end of the year to kind of like start the momentum up for next year. So it's all good stuff. It's all very exciting. Um, yeah, I feel like that's a good place to end the podcast. So what I'm going to do, I am actually going to, at the end of this podcast, you'll be able to hear, if you're if you're even interested in this, if you're not, I mean, it's kind of embarrassing for me to even share this, but... I'm going to attach the work tape, the initial um, me singing into my phone so you can hear the actual idea. I think at around three minutes, you start to hear me land on the always the gentleman, always the full hook. Um, And the beginning is just bullshit lyrics and and just me singing nothing into a phone. But it is kind of interesting to, to hear this initial work tape and then hear the demo or hear the initial inspiration and the work tape and then the demo and then the actual final project final product um to me i don't know as a songwriter that that stuff is kind of nerd stuff that i really like but for you as the listener it might be stupid so if you don't want to hear the initial uh work tape you could probably end the podcast now but if you do um i'll attach it here at the end so thank you guys once again episode 47 of the hey world podcast um don't forget to go to rosslivermore.com for all of my upcoming dates and song releases and information about me and the band. Um, December 12th at Opus, December 14th, True Music Room, December 16th at Whiskey Jam, Hey World playlist on Spotify for all uh, the stuff that I've been listening to. And I hope you all have a wonderful and safe Thanksgiving. Eat a lot of turkey. Good luck if you're doing a turkey trot. And uh, we'll see you actually on Friday with a bonus episode of the uh, podcast with Sean Sheets is the guest talking about the making of 
the Always the Gentleman video. So have a great Thanksgiving. We'll see you guys next year. Next next year, idiot. Next time. <laughs> I'll see you on Friday at the end of the week. Uh, cool. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye. Okay. So for those of you who are interested in the gentleman evolution and the songwriting of it, um, I'm going to play you a couple things here at the end of the podcast. For those of you who don't really care at all, I totally get it. And uh, you can just kind of turn off the podcast now. But um, for those of you who are interested, the three things here. So like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, there's that initial recording that I did for my car where I thought of the idea from the book and I just started singing. This is just the first idea is just me singing ideas into my phone that like popped into my head as I was driving. The second idea is me after that initial inspiration going back and kind of like making sense of the song on a guitar. So you can kind of hear that like you can kind of hear the evolution of the song where it starts to form from a verse to a chorus, but the lyrical content is just not there yet except for the always the gentleman and the first couple lyrics. The third one, I wish I really had the work tape that John JC and I did from the day we wrote the song, but I can't find that and it might be in a text chain. But what I do have is the demo that we did after that. So it's like I mentioned, super country and was not the direction that I wanted to take the song if I was the artist. But honestly, one thing that I think could be really cool for this song is if a country artist did cut it. I'd, I'd be really interested to hear some country artists do a version of it that is super authentic to that genre of music. I can't, I mean, I'm a dude from the suburbs of Massachusetts, so I'll never be able to pull that off and let alone really want to because that's not really the thing that I do. But on it, I, I can totally see how this song could be a country song and it would be really cool if it did get cut at some point. But, um, this is for all the people that are interested in the evolution of the song. And then obviously you can hear the full done version on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, anywhere you can find digital music. So here is the evolution of Always the Gentleman, Always the Fool. It's always, it's always the gentleman who always gets the lady. So how come I... And I'll always be in the fool And it's all, all in the maidens Who come storm the castle And it's always the man Who lives like the fool Ooh, don't run it all. Wait, for one time. For one So why, why am I always 
your fool, your fool, and I see them all day. The you say a day for your mayday, but then you say them all, the baby, and you say them all that day. Always the gentleman gets for the lady And it's always, always the thing for your fool And I've been seen for mine When you're always the gentleman, you're always the fool. When you're always the gentleman, you're always the fool, a fool. When you're always the gentleman, you're always the fool, 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 fool. When you're Gentlemen, you're always the When you're always the gentleman, you're always the fool. When you're in eternity, to pain, 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 when you're not a day, day for When you're always the gentleman, you're always the fool. 
So that cutoff kind of weird, but um, you can kind of get a vibe for the uh, initial idea. And here is me making sense of that with a guitar and vocals. It's always the gentleman who takes on the lady. So why do I always end up being the fool? And it's always the man who makes fun, baby. So why? So you can actually start to hear the song form a little bit right there, um, but still the lyrics aren't there. The actual full form isn't there. Um, so here's the actual demo that we did of the song with John and JC. It's always super country sounding. Um, not the final direction, but um, the demo that I sent to the band before we recorded so it.
the gentleman, you're always the fool. Guess I didn't know. So obviously, if you heard the original song, there's not that instrumental part at the end. And um, we took it to a complete different direction. So the, that's pretty much the evolution of the song, um, other than the work tape that we did from the writing session the day of. But other than that, I mean, you can kind of hear the song take form from the beginning to the demo, and then um, you can hear the final product all online. So I don't know. I think it's kind of a neat thing to share. I'm, I'm into that stuff. Um, I know... It's kind of songwritery nerd nerd stuff, but I, I I like I like seeing the evolution of a song. Even hearing some of my favorite artists, like you know Paul Simon, will do bonus content and he'll put out these demos, and you you, you know you've grown so used to the the actual recordings of the songs, um, and then you hear the demos, it's like a completely different song, and it, it's 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 interesting how it takes form from the idea to the final product. I, I think that that's super cool. So I figured I would share that with all of you here on the podcast. So thanks again for listening. We'll see you on Friday. Happy Thanksgiving and take care. Bye.